Hi, and welcome to The Theology Box, a podcast dedicated to seeing how God fits into the world we live in. We hope you enjoy your time with us today, where theology is the conversation. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us here on The Theology Box. And today we are going to be looking at the third week of Advent with Mark Miller and me. Yeah, <laughs> that was kind of I kind of uh, made that weird at the end, but that's okay. <laughs> it's alright. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, I have to introduce this. Hmm. Um, so the third week of Advent is about joy. It's also the pink candle. Yeah, <laughs> which is like I guess a liturgical color for joy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, and it's also the shepherd's candle. Oh, okay. Which uh, why is that associated with joy? Keep listening and find out. <laughs> uh-huh. um, no, but uh, so last time, or well, at least in the first week, uh-huh. so not last time, but um, I guess I started off with what I had found about um, Advent. So why don't you start us off with what you've uh, learned about the the joy candle and the Advent or your own reflections on it? Yeah, I, I think... I think that, you know, just as I've been, you know, reading through the first two chapters of Luke recently, like in the last week or two, that um, I'm trying to think if this was maybe before our first conversation or at at any rate, it's been since that time when I kind of had that, um, you know, I guess the idea of joy being part of the Christmas story, like highlighted. Um, But yeah, within, within like Luke chapter one and two, um, the word joy or like rejoice is like everywhere. Oh, really? Like it just, I think compared to other times that I've read or heard the story that it just really jumped out to me a lot. Um, and, you know, even starting with um, the story of Elizabeth and Zachariah um, and having, uh, I guess, giving birth to John when they didn't have a child for like so many years into their, you know, like elderly uh, stage of life. Um, just seeing how like the joy of uh, a, a baby being born into a community just like spread like happiness and spread like cheer amongst yeah. you know like relatives and neighbors and different families mm-hmm. um, and I think Which just it still kind of does today but I think when you're more community oriented it's mm, like uh-huh. the impact is a little broader yeah um, so yeah like so just think of I don't know maybe if you're cousins or like someone in your family recently has had a kid you know within the past couple years like there's just inherently joy spread you know just part of like showing photos and like getting to meet the baby for the first time for sure um so like babies in and of themselves are just like joy creators or like joy magnets um, that's true you know that's so and then and then put it within a story where there's like a miracle of God taking place. Uh, so like for Elizabeth and, and Zacharias where they didn't have a kid and then God was bringing them not only just a child to have in their uh, later years, but then someone who would be like very important in God's like plans of salvation. Mm-hmm. And then of course, you know, applying it to Mary and Joseph and like, oh my goodness, the, you know, when the angels appeared to the shepherds and then they were saying like, you know, this, this is going to be, um, let's see if I can find it here. I think this is, that's where we get the joy to the world, right? Yeah. Um, 
Here we go. So in Luke 2, um, so I guess I'll start with 8. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And then there's like suddenly a multitude of angels praising God. Um, and so like basically the first thing besides saying don't be afraid because I mean if angels suddenly appear in the middle of the night, mm-hmm. you know, it's yeah. like, Yeah, you'd oh probably goodness. get freaked out. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> Depending on how human-like they were. If they were the seraphim. Yeah. That would really be especially freaky. Yeah, there's just like a, a, a very like awe-inspiring presence, mm. or like a, yeah, in some yeah. like in a, maybe a positive sense, like a terrifying. Have you ever? Do you remember Ezekiel? Oh, uh huh. And it's like uh, the the head of a, a I think a bear, yeah, and a lion, and a human face. Uh-huh. And if one of those showed up, uh-huh. I'd be like, oh my god, yeah, I <laughs> yeah. gotta go. I'm I'm hiding out. So the first thing besides fear not is here's good news of great joy. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if just in the the previous like uh, passage, we see a community rejoicing when John John the Baptist, before he you know realized he was going to be a Baptist yeah. or a, ba- right, a baptizer, right. uh, baptizer, you know, uh, that there's joy being spread with that, um, you know, part of God's plan taking place. But then here the angel appears to the shepherds and is saying, there's great joy with what I'm about to tell you. Yeah. Um, so that's like a huge like theme in this particular story. You know what I just thought of was those oh, shepherds had to have been from, um, from Bethlehem. Uh, Bethlehem. Bethlehem. Right. Well, the house of bread. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> those shepherds were from a bakery. <laughs> no, but, um, yeah, like this. The I'm sorry, I was gonna kind of go on a tangent, so I want you to finish. Uh, thought. Well, I mean, maybe you, you, you can go that ahead. might have also gone nowhere. So okay, well, I, I was just well, you can, you can continue it, but I was just gonna say maybe that you know within the first uh, like announcement to the shepherds here, um, you have joy, and then let's see, maybe this is another part, uh, but also like peace on earth and goodwill yeah. toward men uh, yeah. that like the joy and peace of God are being proclaimed with when Jesus is born. And I think in, in one of Paul's letters, he's saying that the kingdom of God isn't like concerning what you eat or drink, but it's righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy spirit. Right. So with like Jesus's life, you see those three things like put on display and that in his birth, just just him arriving, you know. So Advent, him him just arriving um, for the first time, is where joy and peace are being like highlighted and yeah. acclaimed and like you know yeah. to be yeah. spread to everybody. Well, and I think that's kind of like the neat thing about the shepherds in particular is that, and even even Mary and her station in life is that she's the cousin of a a woman who's married to a priest which isn't probably a lot of status but there's some 
tied to status or whatever, but these guys are like shepherds in the field and they, they know, they probably know the Torah, you know, cause they're raised with it. But, um, you, you also have like the story of like the three kings or the three wise men or whatever, like coming to bring gifts of high quality. Yeah. Right. To, and they've studied all this stuff and they're like, we know there's going to be a savior born. And so they're seeking wisdom to find it. Uh-huh. But the message of joy you know, in God's provision is like, hey, angels, I want you to go out to those shepherds that have no clue about what could possibly be going on. They know they know that they are part of this covenant. They know that they're following the law. They have probably their own like peace and rest and, and hard work and being shepherds, yeah. you know, but they don't have wealth for it. And I think that's a common uh, thing that you learn it's like common knowledge i think that farmers even today like they don't have a lot of money right so but the angel's like hey get in on this because joy and peace are coming right now so abandon your flock or maybe they brought the sheep with them i don't know (laughs) leave the 99 for the one yeah leave the 99 for the the, for the one that yeah that's where i was (laughs) kind of putting a new twist on that yeah (laughs) and uh they're like the shepherds probably like but but they're gonna get eaten by wolves and they're like dude we're angels We'll take care of them. We'll man. take care of them right now. Okay, just get out of here. Uh, yeah, go find the baby. Go check this out. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's kind of like um, a good indication of what peace and, and joy look like is that it crosses uh, boundaries of you know status. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Those shepherds are awesome. Um, so I was going to read this uh, just because I've been referencing it and I'm not sure if I read it in the second week. I realized as oh. I was oh, reading the yeah, first okay. one that, um, so in uh, mercyhome.org's website uh, where they're talking about the liturgical candles, the Advent candles says the third candle is pink and symbolizes joy. It is called the shepherd's candle, which we've talked about. And it's pink because rose is a liturgical color for joy. The third sudden day of Advent is Gaudet, G-A-U-D-E-T-E, Gaudet Sunday, and is meant to remind us of the joy that the world experienced at the birth of Jesus, as well as the joy that the faithful have reached the midpoint of Advent. So that's kind of cool, like... Like, this is the night, kind of. You know, it's not, he's, he's, it's like, um, I think the reflection here is that, like, Mary's in labor, right? Like, okay. like the first week we're talking about all the promises. Yeah, yeah. The second week we mentioned how Mary's traveling to Bethlehem. Uh-huh. And um, so it's like this, it's like, um, well, and I think Jesus describes his second coming this way too, but it's like these labor pains, right? Yeah, yeah. And so it's, yeah, so it's like, it's coming together, you know, with these like prophetic things, this, uh, these angelic presences, like nine months ago, an angel came to Mary a few months before that, 
I would think. Yeah. They went to uh, Elizabeth. Uh, well, appearing to Zachariah. Yeah, because like the baby and yeah, I, I don't I don't remember how close they were in birth. I don't think we know that exactly. Uh, it was within a couple months of each other. I, I right? think like it might be like six months. Like six months. Yeah, I think so. so. So it's right, you know. So it's like succession, right? Yeah, like, it, it is actually. Yeah. So like, boom, like here's an angel saying, "Hey, all these promises are going to be fulfilled. You've heard about them." Six months later, hey Mary, by the way, uh-huh. the promise is going to be filled through you. Yeah. And then nine months later, hey shepherds, come check this out. This promise is being fulfilled right now yeah. as as you're tending your sheep so um yeah like we've reached that midpoint um even though i guess my timeline is a little eh, but uh, that middle that middle point in history where all the promises of god about joy and salvation and peace and really the gift of the holy spirit ultimately right is has been promised and promised and shown uh, to people in Israel and maybe outside. I'm, you know, I'm not going to get into that, but <laughs> I mean, God's spirit is everywhere. So I'm not going to like just, you know, that doesn't mean that people really understood it just as much as like the ancient Israelites, but none of those people entered into a covenant, but that doesn't mean I don't think that God's spirit couldn't have worked in, okay. in uh, revelatory, revelatory ways. But um, now it's, just like it's the middle point of Advent, it's the middle point of history where the promises are fulfilled. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. And, and, and or at least they're at the, the very emergence of the fulfillment of, of it. Because, you know, I guess the ultimate fulfillment, well, the ultimate fulfillment is the second coming. But the pre-ultimate, the penultimate yeah. fulfillment is the... Uh, <laughs> Is the uh, uh, Pentecost okay? Right. The and then the but then that that period of Jesus's life and ministry is like look at the power of God. Like I like Jesus is saying like I am the power of God, right? In so many ways. Okay. Like he, that's not one of the seven I am statements right, right, in right. John, but you know. Um, the like I guess you know it's not a it's not a bad paraphrase either. Okay. Yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. So um, yeah. So that's kind of like an interesting way to like view the the life of Jesus and the coming. And I really like the way that you brought in the idea of like this birth. Um, how it affects communities today when somebody's born Mm -hmm. and it's awesome like when you when you see a baby like some people don't like babies like admittingly but most people like when you look at a baby you're like oh you know like that's like your response like oh cute like because like they don't know anything (laughs) you know they're just like there yeah and um it's so important like how you like love them and take mm, care of them yeah. and like give them opportunities and to, to grow as they become children. And it's such like a profound moment of like responsibility and like 
because like it's 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 a big opportunity for the baby right but it's also like a really big opportunity for those parents to like you know show their love in a unique way that they've never had the chance to experience so um yeah there's a lot of joy there yeah there's a lot of fulfillment and and um well in god's promises but also just in like what the the way that he created us to be you know like um I think it was two Sundays ago. Uh, my pastor gave a message on uh, on a you know a section of Advent and part you know specifically looking at um, what's historically known as the Magnificat. So oh, yeah, Magnificat. so basically Mary's Song of Praise is the little subheader in my Bible. Yeah. <laughs> but it comes from the first uh, word in Latin of like so magnifies. So like my soul magnifies oh. the Lord is the first phrase in my English translation. Um, so it's basically like ma- magnify uh, is where we get the term. So, um, but the first, so in Luke 1, 46 to 48, it says, and Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my savior. So here you have, you know, she's rejoicing. Like she's experiencing that um, joy from heaven in that moment. Um, and then the next verse says, for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. Um, and it goes on to say how he's done mi- mighty things for her and how he's holy and that how he's you know, showing his power. Um, and then later on it talks about, and he has exalted those of humble estate. Um, so in, like in at least, at least two of the verses, uh, but there's even, I guess throughout it, you have the theme of like those who are, poor or weak or specifically the term being like humble of a humble estate and how God is like meeting with these people and proclaiming his joy and his peace uh his salvation to them um that you see in each I guess just each part of the story um that then when the shepherds are hearing this news that the angels are proclaiming to them like God, I mean, throughout all of Scripture, you see that God has a, a very big focus, and His heart is for those who are like downcasts or those who are, uh, you know, like the underdogs of society. I mean, His heart is for all peoples, as we saw in in the other uh, passage. Uh, but specifically, He He has a big uh, emphasis on bring showing His salvation to those who are of yeah. humble estate of humble means mm-hmm. um and then I, I think when you're talking about the act of like showing love to a baby who can't care for uh you know themselves that god first proclaiming his good news to those of humble estate and then as jesus was being born he was like well now i'm of the most humble estate that you need to take care of me mm-hmm. that that is yeah quite a, a phenomenal yeah, right. like yeah. there's there's a lot going on with that that you know God in his power is like demonstrating his goodness and his salvation but then he's also placing himself in human hands to uh, be then like brought up in this specific time and place yeah. for, for a very specific purpose but I, I think just like the his his act of humility and servanthood uh, started in that moment of 
being placed in like Mary and Joseph's hands for them to literally take care of him and uh, like nurture him and yeah. do all the common, you know, the normal things that, that we see today with babies that were like, you know, just show, share, showing affection for the baby, taking care of the needs and like protecting, yeah. uh, which is old, like in any, in any family, I think it's that's always like a very strong symbol of what God wants us to learn about his heart for us. Um, yeah, just that. Yeah, I think like the, you know, I haven't, I'm not a father yet, at least mm. <laughs> in life, but I think the act of becoming a parent is then like an invitation to know part of God's heart more as a, as a father, as a mother, because, uh, you know, you see throughout different parts of the Bible of his heart, you know, primarily defined as father, but there are even a few verses of like, you know, him, him showing this like motherly affection mm. um, for his people. Yeah. So, so yeah, just like with any baby, there's that opportunity for the parents to experience like that new, uh, that new, like, yeah, just, I don't know what you'd say, um, a new chapter in life of like developing that character and that, um, you know, identity or personhood of being a parent and showing love, um, and like pouring into a, a person who is weak, but can have so much potential yeah. to grow into. Yeah. And I think that's actually an interesting opportunity to, um, cause, cause in, in the Bible often God is most offended by the way that we've treated the shepherds of the world or less okay. yeah. or, you know, yeah. the, the, the motherless, the widow, the, the poor, you know, God is not just concerned for them, but he's offended by the way that we treat him. Like he's constantly going like you've sinned against me by not caring about those people, you know? And it's like, wow, you know, like I brought the destruction upon you because you didn't care about the people that you should care about. And um, now it would be really nice if I had a first memorized where that happens, but I know I've read three or four of them. Okay. So that's all I can offer you. <laughs> But um, the the one um, thing that I really like about what you're saying is that like the this um, is an opportunity for Mary, you know. The, so I guess caring for the the poor and the needy, having the love that is necessary for that, this opportunity for God to like basically say, I'm not just going to model it for you, right? And in, in by my adult life and, and doing the miracles that I'm yeah. going to do later and by having the good teaching that I'm going to have later, I'm also going to do it by having you raise me. Yeah, <laughs> wow, know? wow. Yeah, like you're saying, <laughs> you know, kind of. That's what it made yeah, me think. Yeah, totally, yeah. Like... I'm going to demonstrate love toward you and I'm going to draw it out of you, mm, you know, mm, like in, in a good way. Yeah. Right? Totally. And, yeah. And yeah. like just in this, in this joyful celebration of birth in the community and by showing you how good it is 
to raise a child. And, and, you know, I, we, I made a joke in the first week about how like Jesus rebels, you know, <laughs> but like even that, you know, it's like, there's a joy in losing your child at the temple and then finding him that he's just finding his own way in life, you know? And that's something that a lot of parents to have to learn. I, I think all of them do eventually, right? Is that your child's going to grow up one day and they're going to have their own ambitions and dreams and you're going to have to let go, you know? Yeah. Um, so, well, you know, but then again, you don't abandon them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there is, you know, so Mary's heart is still good yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. going like, Hey, where are you? <laughs> it's like, mom, I'm an adult. <laughs> I'm already 13. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Or 12 or whatever. Yeah, I think. Uh, so yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty cool. I like, I like that illustration a lot. Um, let's see, we're, we're nearing the end of the episode. Um, we could actually already be there, but let's just say we're nearing the end of the episode. Okay. And next week we're going to be doing a live post Christmas party where, uh, where we're going to be talking about the fourth candle and the fifth candle kind of combined because some churches don't even celebrate the fifth candle because oh, really? the fourth one is good enough, I guess. <laughs> okay. What are they known as? Oh yeah. Uh, we'll be looking at it. I mean, we it. can look at it then. <laughs> we'll look at it then. No. Uh, so it goes back to being a purple candle. <laughs> okay. And, uh, it's called the angel's candle symbolizing peace. And it kind of gets back again, you know, it's all Christmas oriented. So it, it really kind of focuses, hones in on peace on earth and goodwill toward men. So a little bit of the same theme, which uh, should be expected. Um, and then the Christmas can, the white candle is the Christ candle representing the life of Christ. Um, so yeah, really we're, you know, going from that waiting to a more regular examination of, you know, Jesus's life after, you know, once he's born, you know, we're kind of back in that place of like, he lived, he died, he rose again until, until Easter. So, um, yeah. Um, maybe we could, so next week we'll just kind of, I think that's kind of why I want to do it live too, is like, yeah, we can make a theological point or whatever, but let's just, you know, have a birthday party uh, yeah, and, yeah. you know, have a little Jesus cake. Yeah. Not, not a, not a baby Jesus, not a cake that looks like Jesus, uh, yeah, but yeah. like a cake, a cake for, a cake for Jesus. Okay. 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 <laughs> <laughs> it could be shaped like a J, I guess. Or, <laughs> or, 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 or a, um, or a, a God, the father cake that would look, no, nobody yeah. knows what that would look like. <laughs> good one <laughs> <laughs> no eye has seen nor ear has heard <laughs> of this cake <laughs> all right all right um yeah so so with that thought what is there anything else that you thought no so um yeah just thanks again for mark for this whole season of all the support and just being here even when he didn't want to it was it was really fun uh yeah i'm, I'm glad we've gotten to i guess invest the time into this mm. uh fun endeavor and i'm looking forward to the next decade 
yeah. and what it will <laughs> you know, hold for our, this program. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it'll be really exciting. I, um, maybe that's, I, I'll tell you after the show, but, um, yeah, that's, I also look forward to the next decade and what it could bring. And I do hope the show continues. Um, there will be a lot of transitions in my life in the next coming years and I'm sure in yours. So, um, uh, hopefully, hopefully this is something that lasts through all of them. Um, yeah, but I don't expect anything to happen until fall of next year. If anything happens soon, okay, it'd be yeah. like fall of next year. So, um, we definitely have at least, uh, a good a good year almost ahead of us and uh that could be a lot of conversations uh-huh. and if if uh if things go according to plan we'll start videotaping and get that kind of stuff out out there um and then uh everybody have a good week joy, joy to the world yeah all the boys and girls <laughs> All of the fishes in the deep blue sea, joy to you and me. And uh, thanks again for listening. <laughs> this has been Mark Miller and and William Carroll. I hope you all have a great third week of Advent. Thanks again for listening to the Theology Box. I want to thank my co-host Mark Miller, as well as our music producer Richard Liotto, our artist Phoebe Sugo at sugo.studios on Instagram, and Megan Napier who manages our Facebook, where you can reach us directly. Again, this is your host, William Carroll. Uh, Thanks, and may the peace of the Lord be with you.